Happy Monday! It is Monday. The first day of the work week for most of us. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Monday, April 27th, 2020. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. I don't know why I said that. The only thing I've had is water. It implies I had something else. I did not. Well, what a weekend. Good weekend. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, Saturday, did about a 15-mile bike ride. Um worked in the yard, planted a bunch of stuff. Where did I plant this weekend? Peas, more greens. So out there we got kale and arugula and lettuce and peas doing their thing. That's a new grow light. I don't know if you can see the red sheen on my face now. That arrived Saturday because I had too many seedlings for the one grow light I had. So I've got some rigged up on a table. Uh, what else did I do out in the yard? Collecting more birch sap. Just kind of, you know, hung out. Went to the hardware store. That was, that was the adventure. That and the bike ride. The bike ride was an adventure. I went on a trail that I've never taken a bike my bike on. Back when I had my, um, my first Forerunner, my first Toyota Forerunner. Uh, the last couple of years I had it, I had a lift kit put on it. And it was great. And I used to be able to go out this very muddy, full of ruts kind of trail. Uh, it wasn't very long, but it was fun. And I said, let me take my bike that way. So I did. And that was a good time. How long has it been doing that? Two hours? Most of it was on the road. And even stopped to have lunch. Brought a sandwich. What else did I do? Watch TV, clean the house, did dishes, you know, just the stuff that you do. This is... <coughs> this is not a particularly adventurous life at this point, but growing a lot of food. Just growing a lot of food, thinking about how I can create as many tasty things here as I can. Hope you had a good weekend. And what's going on today? Today is kind of an interesting day because for the first time in like a month, one of my clients who is considered essential, uh, they're in the financial industry, um, they are, they do taxes. They're related to tax prep. And of course right now, taxes. Right? Uh, so they have requested that all the all the team show up and so I'm as soon as I'm done here I'll be putting on real pants and hopping in the car and going somewhere this is a client that I've spent a lot of time at and there are plants on my desk and they haven't been watered in a month so they're probably dead so that's a bummer but other than that looking forward to going on Friday as I had expected I finished the rough draft the first draft of the speed training program 
And, you know, what's really fun about doing these programs is, you know, it connects a lot of dots, a lot of my interests, a lot of my skills. But I don't always know when I go into it what it's going to look like. This program is dramatically different than the strength and conditioning program. If you, if you have that program, if you've checked out an early draft of that program, even if you've just read about it, this is not the same thing. Not even close. We didn't just uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of people would take the format that we developed in the strength and conditioning program, and they would just swap out exercises. It's not what this is, because it's all based on science. So, what was the first step that I had to do? I had to double check all my science, make sure I was remembering everything correctly. And then as I did that, took a bunch of notes, took a look at what other industries do. Sprinting is the one that really has this down. Sprinters are really good at getting faster at sprinting. And if you want to learn how to develop speed, you look at what sprinters do and see how you can apply it. And that's what I did. So I took a lot of that, a lot of those concepts, a lot of that science and built I thought it was going to be a 30-day program. I really did. I thought it was going to be a month, and then you could cycle back. And then I realized as I got into it, there was opportunity for making it even better by extending it. So now it's almost a three-month program. And it's good stuff. Uh, a lot of the drills in there are drills that I've grown up with, that I've used, that I've taught. But there's a lot of stuff in there that's brand new, stuff that... I'm not going to say other people haven't done it, but I have not seen it done. Um, stuff that, when I sat down with the science and the goal and just looking at all of the different data points and the constraints, came up with some interesting concepts, some interesting, some interesting exercises, some drills. And I've been playing with them, and they're good stuff. I'm stoked. So, ship that off to a friend. We've got a, uh, an advisory group on Facebook. It's private. It's maybe a dozen people that I really trust, people that know me well enough that they're not going to hold back if I say, what do you think of this? And they'll tell me, this sucks. And uh, post in there, I said, I need one person to look at this right now. And they did. And so, they're hoping to have their feedback to me today. We'll see. Um, depending on how much adjustment it needs. The next big step is videos. I gotta get it cleaned up. I'll have a few more people look at it and start playing with it. But there are a bunch of videos that I have to do. These I think I can film on my own. That was a challenge with the strength and conditioning program. I couldn't film those videos on my own. Not easily because you had to get in certain places. This, just the way it is, the body isn't moving. It's You're picking one technique to move uh, through the whole thing. Yes, this is not a general speed program. This is a, I want to get faster at this one movement. There will be carryover, and I go into all that science and all that explanation in the program. But it's a lot easier to frame a video, you know, up against a wall, and I know I'm going to go from here to here, here to here. The, the example I use throughout, the reason I'm doing back this, the reason I, the example I use throughout the program is back this, because they're easy to understand, and they're pretty darn universal. If I say, practice your sidekick to get faster, blah, 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 people will say, but that's not how I do a sidekick. I don't know why that became Sean Connery. So I'm stoked on these programs. We sold a few more over the weekend. It just, 
programs and books, I mean, these digital products, I think this is the future of Whistlekick. I really do. I want to get back to selling product, but I think we need to make money first. <laughs> and the digital products are easier to make money on. Because I don't have to worry about being out of stock. What else going on today? I'm going to go to Home Depot. I need a couple things over there. Going to go to Costco. See, because I'm, I'm going to be up in this area. What what a lot of you who aren't from, from Vermont may not realize is that we only have one area with big box stores. That's it. Like, all these stores are in a very relatively small place. A circle. I'm demonstrating a circle. And it's a half hour away. It's more than a half hour away. Costco's 45 minutes away. So if I don't... I thought, I've thought about going the last couple of weeks just to get out of the house, but I didn't need to. I kind of need to now. Running low on eggs. Running low on a few things. So I'm up there. Let's go. Let's do it. Come back. I'll work out. Better the hiccups. And in between, I will work. Probably similar to what your day will look like. You're up. You're going to drink some coffee. At the end of the day, you're going to have some dinner. Maybe move. Maybe have a drink, and in between you're going to work. All of our days look pretty similar right now, and I find that really interesting. That was too big of a gulp. <coughs> there we go. Let's see the questions. What do we got for questions and comments? Remember, if you want to ask me something, drop it below. I'll answer it. Today, Monday, April 27, 2020, is Tell a Story Day. What is it about stories that connect you, me, so much? Storytelling is the oldest form of, of passing on knowledge. If you look at oral traditions, they predate written traditions dramatically. Long before there was a written alphabet, there, there were stories. There was the, the, the spoken word. And that makes sense, because if you're in a group of people and you don't have paper... How convenient is writing things down? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's where words turn into pictographs. You know, think of the cave paintings. If you think about how information is, is given to children, it's in the form of story. We learn best with stories. Stories take the facts, they take the lessons, they take whatever, and they make it relatable. They make it entertaining. They engage our emotions. If you can get your emotions engaged, you can learn a lot. Because now you're understanding on, on a number of different levels. And the reason I like stories, especially in the martial arts, is because we don't typically put value on them. Sure, we can, we can learn Shotokan Karate. And we can learn the kata, and we can learn the punches and the kicks and, and all the techniques. But doesn't it help to understand who the founder is and hear the stories about him and his childhood and how he got to where he was? I think so. And maybe not everyone does, but I think it's worth understanding. And maybe you don't find value in 
to martial arts stories, but you probably find value in other stories. Maybe you're a music geek and you enjoy reading stories about your favorite band or singer. Maybe you're a historian, a history buff, and you like reading the stories. I mean, history is just stories. And the best history talks about not just facts and figures, but why. Stories give us an, an insight into the why things are, are done, not just how. Traditional academia, at least the way I experienced it, was really big on the, the when, the where, the what, the who, and the how, and they left out the why. Think about math, think about science. How often is there a why in there? Why matters. I'm trying to think if there's a quick story I can tell that's, think if it's inter International Tell-A-Story Day, or Tell-A-Story Day. Um, bear with me. I'm chewing through my childhood real quick. Nothing's really coming to mind that's worth telling. There's memories, but they're not terribly, they're, they're not even interesting if you don't know the people. Here's a quick one. I used to fish as a child, and I enjoyed fishing. It was something that I could do by myself. My mother didn't enjoy fishing. And I didn't have anybody to teach me, so I was figuring stuff out on my own, and I was spending my allowance money to buy lures and tackle boxes and, you know, kind of that. That, that idea of collecting things, right? Like, give me all these different lures, and I would trade lures with friends. And, and I had to stop. Because not once, but twice, I caught a fish in the eyeball. And it was gross, and I couldn't deal with it, and somebody had to remove the hook for me. And I said, you know what? I can't do this. It's not fair to the fish. If I can't deal with them, what am I going to do if I'm stuck somewhere? And I'm the only person. So that was the last time I fished. It was probably... So I don't fish enough. I'll go in a boat, but no more fish. What is it about martial arts stories that made you want to start a podcast? I wanted to start a podcast regardless, but the reason the format became story-based is because I found that martial arts instructors teachers, grandmasters, had a lot of great stories and they didn't tell them because they didn't think that they were valuable. They didn't think they were important. And usually in order to get stories out of them, they had to have a couple drinks at, a, at an event that had a lot of martial artists. Well, how are those stories being written down? Some of these stories were phenomenal. If you know martial arts radio, you know that we have some great stories from some great people. And 95% of them plus never write these stories down. So if people don't remember them and tell them or record them, they will never be passed on. And I think that that's a shame because I think stories are so critical. So when I set out to develop the format, I said, how do I get people to talk about these stories? And if you look at the, especially the early days when I went down through a list, it was what can I hit 
that's martial art, related to martial arts in people's lives. How did they get started? Tell us about a difficult time in your life. Tell us your favorite story, which started out as best story, but favorite story. Tell us about your favorite, the most impactful instructor. Talk about competition. Who would you want to train with? Favorite martial arts movie, book, actor. What's coming in the future, right? And you can see these are all talking points. They're all conversation starters. And they're all meant to get people to talk about their past, their history, what's pa what they're passionate about. In other words, how do we get them to tell a story about their time in martial arts? If I say, tell me your favorite martial arts story, people will do that, but I gotta get them warmed up first. And so we warm up with, how'd you get started? It doesn't always work out that way, but that's usually how we get started. How'd you get started in martial arts? And then we see where it goes from there. It's a lot more organic now, because I've gotten better at seeing the opportunities to get people to tell their stories. Last one from Frank today. Thank you, Frank. What is it about stories that connect with people in general so much? Hmm. When people tell a story, a good story, it checks all the boxes. It's interesting. There's a purpose to it. Somebody learns a lesson. It takes you for an emotional ride. It can be scary or dramatic or funny. And it's memorable. I bet every one of you can think of somebody right now that you know personally who tells the best stories. And maybe you've even been with that person and something memorable has happened and you've been around that person as they've told that story. Even though you were there, you were still attentive because the way they tell that story makes the memory even more vivid. Stories connect us. They connect us to each other and to the past and to the future. It's, it's universal. Not a universal language, but it's a universal value. I suspect, I have no way of proving this, but I suspect a lot of language was developed in need to tell story. If you think about the first language, it was likely around safety. It was the now, what's going on right now. We need water. There's a mountain lion. That's quicksand. But as that language developed and there was downtime, maybe around a fire, and people wanted to pass the time, what would they do? What did they have? They didn't have much. They had stories. Gabe's writing in, in some people in groups, storytelling is how they preserve their oral history. Absolutely. So you can imagine this group of early people sitting around a fire, passing the time by telling stories and developing language as they go. 
when you look at social media, there's a lot of storytelling happening there and new language, acronyms and things like that coming out of it because storytelling fosters the development of language. Storytelling is important. And I think we got one more here from Gabe. Yeah. Take a different direction with this one. What can tournament promoters be doing now to improve their events when things open up again? Ah. So this is going to go under the heading of read the book I wrote. Okay. Um, I wrote a book and it put together a course full of templates and everything else that has had incredibly little utilization, which really bums me out, based on the tournament that I put together on, that I would say was not a rousing success, though others disagree, four years ago, April, I don't know what, early April of 2016, did this competition, April 8th, 9th, 10th, somewhere in there, um, second, I don't know why I'm, it doesn't matter, April of 2016, and I learned a lot. And one of the things that I did right was there was a theme. And the theme of this was everything. I'm gonna throw everything I can at this kitchen sink, you name it. And most tournaments don't have a theme. They have nothing that differentiates them from other tournaments. Within a competition circuit, most tournaments have roughly the same people competing, doing roughly the same forms, or sparring in the same ways, in the same divisions, with the same referees, and year after year it's pretty much the same event. And tournament promoters get really excited about that because it gets really easy to put on. It also gets really boring for the attendees. A, if you, if you remove required attendance from a tournament, so Generally, there's an unspoken, sometimes even a spoken um, rule that the school hosting a tournament or a person hosting a tournament, their students need to go. I'm hosting a tournament. Everybody better be there. Okay, so that's a core group of people. And then you've got other tournaments where there's a little bit of a quid pro quo going on. Hey, I'll really encourage my students to come to your tournament if you encourage your students to come to mine. That's more or less requirement. And then if it's a circuit where there's points, people are, if they're chasing points or they're trying to do something on that circuit, they're pretty much required to go. And then you have some other people who will go who don't check any of those boxes and they go because there are other people there. That last group, those are the ones you look at. How many people came just because they like this tournament or they've had a good experience. Pull out the required people. How many people you got left? 10%, maybe 20%. And if those people show up and all of a sudden the required people are gone, they won't come again because there aren't enough people. Why? Because tournaments aren't different. They're not fun. How many people in the stands are looking to go and check out a tournament and enjoy it. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often at all. And it's because tournaments are, most of them are boring. 
How do we make them more entertaining? Ah, now we need a theme. How do we do that? A lot of ways we can do that. The theme can be as simple as, I'm going to provide entertainment for people in the stands. The theme could be, some people do do it with awards. Right? And, and so this theme isn't like everybody's dressed up, although it could be. There needs to be a gimmick. There needs to be something that sets the tournament apart. So if you have a tournament coming, maybe you're not even sure when it's going to be. The number one thing to think about is what is going to make my tournament different? And if you say it's going to start and end on time, that's not enough. If you say I'm going to have the best referees, that's not enough. Are you going to donate all the door proceeds or half the door proceeds to a nonprofit. Oh, now we're on to something. You're gonna have amazing food, like really good food. Like people would be excited to go just for the food. Maybe you're gonna have some special divisions that other tournaments don't have. Now that's, that's stuff that's entertaining for people to watch. This is the kind of stuff tournaments need to do. Without it, they're not going to progress. But based on what I see, most tournament promoters aren't interested in putting in the time to make their event better. I've been doing it this way for 20 years. Yeah, everybody can tell. We've been going for 20 years and it's the same thing in the same place with the same people and we're all tired of it. Most people, th this, is, this is why tournaments haven't grown. It's not, yeah, people complain about rules. That's not it. Rules are what keep martial artists from going to tournaments. The culture of the event is what keeps non-martial artists from going to events. How do we get events bigger and start paying everyone? We get non-competitors there. Nobody's willing to put in the work for that. Until we fix that, it doesn't change. I have big ideas. I have things that I will implement, things that will cost me six and seven figures when we can get there. But I am committed to changing the landscape of competition. Just got to make the money first so I can do it. So, great question, Gabe. And if anyone wants to check out that book, the book part is available on Amazon, the book and the course with all the templates and everything else, all the lessons I learned, all the things to do. I will, there's even a guarantee. If you do the things in the course and you don't make at least your money back on the on it, I'll give you a 100% refund. But nobody's taken that up because, well, I think it's a combination of ego and also people don't want to work that hard. A lot of people who run tournaments look at it as hey, I've done the hard work on this for five, 10 years, now I'm gonna coast. And this is a, a relatively easy way for me to make five, 10, 20 grand and put it back in my pocket. That's fine. All right, I'm gonna go. Great topics, great questions today. Let me see if we went even a little long. We're knocking on 30 minutes. Thank you both to Frank and Gabe uh, for all of your help, both within and outside of this show. If you want to make a purchase of anything, including that course, don't forget the code FIRSTCUP15 gets you 15% off at whistlekick.com. 
and we've got an episode out today. Oh, videos came back for episode 500. The due date was Saturday. You guys, the people who responded. <laughs> the video we are going to put together is going to be unlike anything you've ever seen. I just, it's, it's amazing. The stuff, the stuff people sent in and who sent stuff in. You know, you come up with the dream team. Oh, Joshi Brian Hayes. That was a good one. I like that one. So, check it out. Um, I also, what was it, Friday uploaded um, video from The Magic of Slow, the seminar that we did, uh, I guess, a week and a half ago now. So, check it all out. Share it, like it, comment on it, subscribe. If you're not subscribed to this channel, do it. Why not? We do the show every weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern. You can check it out later, of course. Uh, turn on notifications because we got lots of great stuff. I hope you have an amazing day, a great weekend, and I will see you, not weekend, an amazing day, and I will see you back here tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Peace.